Hey moms, welcome, welcome to, to Mommin' with, with Jesus, where we hope you'll find encouragement and grace. This is Genesis. And I'm Pamela. And just like you, we need constant grace for, for our daily dose of mess. Hi everybody, welcome back. Um, I hope you've missed us. We've missed uh, recording with you guys and we've missed just getting together and having conversations. And um, so we're here and we took advantage to, to record a little bit of, a, of what we're learning and uh, of our day. But have you been, Pamela? Um, right now we're approaching the holidays and we're trying to get in this family scenario where we're trying to teach our kids about the real meaning of Christmas. But uh, that's, that's hard. But anyways, what have you yeah. been doing for the holidays? <laughs> have you shopped and how, how have you been... Uh, Handling the holiday season. Oh, gosh. I have not done any Christmas shopping. I know. Me either. (laughs) (laughs) I think think my mom has, like, thousands of presents under the tree. And she's like, all right, I don't think I've missed anybody. And then I look and I'm like, oh, dang, I just kind of have, like, three. (laughs) So she makes me feel like I'm lacking in that area. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't done any Christmas shopping. I need to start. Um, but no, I haven't done any, um, I actually got, we got Lucas something off, uh, Facebook that okay. he's been wanting. So I, I, I guess I've found one thing, um, but no, I haven't, I haven't done anything. I just can't believe it's already December, but also I'm glad that it's only the beginning of December because that means I still have a couple of weeks to do some Christmas oh, I shopping. I know. And also, <clears throat> um, Cheeto and I, we were like, what are we getting, give each other? Because, you know, we normally will give each other, like, something random or here and there. I and I, and I want to put a wish list together, but I'm like, is that cheating? Like, <laughs> let me just put a wish list of the things I hate that I want. Because he's always telling me, like, oh, I don't know what to get you. And I'm like, I'll That's... just put a wish list together. But then I'm, like, expecting it, you know? You're like, expecting something off that list. Yeah, so. No, I suck. I don't think I ever get chop anything. Like, I'll tell him, like, hey, what do you want? <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you. Or, like, that's where I, I need creativity because I'll give him just a gift card for, like, Home Depot. Oh, no, don't do that. Because um, I'm like, hey, I know you like to go to Home Depot. No, and he needs a drill. Don't like, he needs do that. Drill. But he already got me something, and it's under the tree, and I think Ellie kind of gave it away because she's like, oh, it's for the kitchen. And I'm, like, thinking, like, what comes in a big box that's for the kitchen? <laughs> but I'm like, I'm hoping he didn't spend an arm and leg because I I didn't want anything. I usually get my hair done for for Christmas. I'm yeah. like, hey, I just want my hair done. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I do because I'd rather just kind of see the kids opening their gifts. But oh, yeah. I think it was Ellie wrapping that gift and then he's like, yeah, uh, I'm going to involve her in this. But with him, I have, I mean, he needs a drill. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just like invest in that drill. I don't know what kind of drill. I don't know what brand. I don't know. I'm struggling. What to get my husband. Well, but like if you get him just pick one and then he can return it and get the one that he wants but at least it's but then it's not he doesn't do it because he feels like he can't return it because i got it no just be like hey i purposely got you one that i knew you wouldn't (laughs) need but that way we can go back and return it and get the one that's trash because that's smart i guess for me i've always been the kind of person like I don't want to get gift cards for people because I feel like that's so impersonal. Right. Don't get me wrong. I love gift cards and I love when people give me gift cards. But for some reason, me and my siblings, not all of our siblings, but me and my siblings are always like, like me and my brothers are, are very big on like, Hey, let's, if we're going to give somebody something like, let's not just get them a gift card. Right. Cause I feel like you might as well just give them some money, you know? Right. Um, so we're very like 
specific on that. So I don't like doing gift cards because of that. But like Yuvia, on the other hand, she's like, just give gift cards, you know, like it's fine. <laughs> and I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> so Yuvia's got kids, a lot of them compared to us. So I'm like, okay, she had a lot more kids to think about during that time. She's like, I'm just going to get them a gift card. Because that's what me, like my sisters, I don't know, makeup. But I don't want to get them the same thing that yeah. they already have. I don't know. I'm still struggling what to get everybody. Because I have some friends that are really like, oh, like, yeah, like my friend Yessie. She like legit goes into detail about things that she see me do. Like she'll give me a pack yeah. of flea, like a list of the things, some random things. There'll be like a deodorant and like... Uh, little ligas for your hair and like just like little random things she's like and then she'll write me a letter and she'll say well one you said uh you like this smell and so i got you this and then you're always asking me for ligas so i got you ligas <laughs> and it's so funny but i thought it was so sweet because Aww. she actually paid attention yeah. to like and it, it didn't have to cost a lot but it was like it was so like intimate like i mm-hmm. just felt like she really she's like and i got you a purple sweater because you never wear purple and that's my favorite color and i'm like then oh. i started like looking through my closet like yeah, i really right. don't ever wear purple <laughs> <laughs> and so that i was like i don't ever pay attention to what people wear i don't pay attention to people like that yeah and so then it really makes me want to pay attention to people pay a little bit more attention. so i'm like what would they want and it's really hard because i'm like i have so much things going on in my mind so I'm like, what do I get? So it's so stressful sometimes that holiday season. What to get somebody? That's hard. You know, I have a really hard time with that because I am very, I care too much. Like, I always think it's not enough. Yeah. And also, that's part of my, one of my struggles is being a codependent in that area. Yeah. I want to satisfy everyone. And so for yeah. me, it's like okay, I don't want to just buy you something little. Like, I want to do something nice, and I want it right. to be something you're going to love, and I want to make it extra. I don't want to just, you know, right. but, like, I want it to be more meaningful, mm-hmm. and I never think that what I'm doing is enough. Right, yeah, no, that's Crazy. me too. So I'm like, and so then I get in that mode, and I'm like, well, I guess you're just not getting anything. Because- <laughs> I guess you're just going to get a gift card. Because <laughs> you so put your so much pressure on yeah, yourself. Yeah. I think, and so that's where I think... Mostly the meaning of Christmas gets lost Um, because then I start meditating on like how my Christmas went. Like my stepdad, for example, he's like, well, you, why your kids don't believe in Santa Claus? And I'm like, well, don't take it personal. But I just kind of always told her that it's about Jesus, not about Santa. Mm -hmm. So I don't want her to get in the materialistic mindset of Christmas because it's easy to feel like that. Mm -hmm. And so then I start, she's like, you used to believe it. I'm like, no. I used to believe in three wise men because in Mexico, that's what you believed in. The three wise men will come and bring you gifts, not Santa Claus, right? Mm. And so instead of putting up a Christmas tree, we'd put up a nativity set and you can like put lights on it, just decorate it, whatever it was. You'd go out and you buy the pieces in separate places, you know, kind of like what you do to buy your ornaments. Right. You'd buy the, the stuff that you wanted to decorate your nativity set with. And so, and then the three wise men, and it was a big thing because in Mexico, like whether or not you were a Christian, you knew about Jesus because Christmas was about Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. the songs were Christ-centered, the celebrations were Christ-centered, like everything is so Christ-centered that there was no way you wouldn't know about Jesus. And so when you bring it here in the United States, it's not all about Jesus. As a matter of fact, some try to say happy holidays because they feel uncomfortable saying Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. In Mexico, no one cares if you're a Jew or if you're Arab. You are going to hear a lot about Jesus because that's the whole Christmas in Mexico. It's it's just Christ. 
And so here, and I'm like trying to incorporate that into my daily, daily teachings with Ellie about Christmas because she's so excited about giving gifts. And I'm like, how do I do that? You know, how do I, so I started to do this Advent and it's really hard to get her to sit still for like the 10, 15 minutes where reading scripture or reading something, even though I know she can read, it's just, it's really that time when we're going to sit on Sunday nights. It's like chaos. Mm-hmm. Everybody's crying. Everybody's doing tantrums. We're fighting. We're, we're yelling at each other like, no, you get over here. No, we're supposed to do this right now. And, and so we get in this whole mode. That it's like, it takes away that we're celebrating on peace. It takes away the peace for that time. Yeah. And so I also don't want her to feel forced to learn these things, but it's also creating for her that discipline. Yeah. You know, that, hey, in our flesh, we don't want to do these things. But they're good for us because you're going to remember that one day. But teaching that to a five-year-old, it's not as easy as teaching somebody who's more conscious and aware of what they're learning. They're just like, oh, mom and dad wants me to do this. And so it's in that mode. And so that star, that the star from afar has really been the only thing that we've been really doing daily to where she's kind of getting some Jesus story in her day. Um, that's really the only thing we've been doing. And then Advent... It's me and me and my husband. Well, we're just reading that daily devotion and then doing the Sunday thing. But um, just Christmas in general is just hard. Yeah, I mean, we've been trying to do... We're doing the star thing too, and um, that's been really nice. It's really... Lucas has a, is always really excited about looking for the star and moving the wise men but mm-hmm. when it comes for me to me like to read the 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 verse for the for that day <laughs> yeah he doesn't care he's just like not even listening i literally have to like almost be yelling the verse out because he's running around yes like i can't sit him down and be like this is the verse for this yeah, day i haven't even done the verses because i don't even <laughs> i haven't done the verses and we watch Superbook and we're but because that because there's so little like you're just yeah like, i'm like how does i don't know how, how do people do this it work but um, we haven't even done the Advent thing. Like, I was thinking, like, okay, every Sunday night we're gonna sit and have dinner together, and right. yeah, we're gonna sit and do the dinner, and then we're gonna light the candle and we're gonna talk about it while we eat dinner. And it's just has not been really. I, I we haven't sat down for dinner at our table on Sundays, on specifically Sundays. on Sundays. <laughs> so we haven't even done it, and I'm just like, okay, well, there's two more Sundays before Christmas, and here we are. Um, two more Sundays. Oh yeah. my gosh. And I'm thinking, like, here we are. Um, it's we're gonna we're not we're gonna miss half of this advent. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna miss half of Christmas. Yeah, I know it's a it's a whole season thing, and so uh, that's really hard when you have a uh, when you have family. So I think it's it's easy to compare ourselves to that Instagram perfect family um, environment that they portray. Because I'm like, how do they do it? Because it doesn't seem like they go through chaos trying to do this advent season thing. But with my kids, I'm, I must have some very undisciplined kids because mine just start kind of yelling and whining and crying and throwing fits right when I want to read. Mm-hmm. Well, and you have to remember, though, like with Advent, you have to find something that's specific to the age mm-hmm. that you're doing it with because it's just like when we're like serving at church with the kids in the kids ministry, right? Yeah. Like what you're trying to teach the kids it's very, it's a little bit more different. And I don't know if, if you've done serving with the different age mm-hmm. ranges, but when you're trying to kind of go over, like, okay, this is what the focus is for this Sunday, right? Oh, God loves us all or God's our friend. 
it's very different teaching that to five-year-olds versus two-year-olds. Right. <clears throat> you have to narrow it down for your two-year-olds, right? Like, God's our friend. Like, it's not so much like, let's sit down and let's talk about this. Or here's an activity that goes with what you're doing, what you're trying to teach them. Right. So, I mean, that I, I, I kind of resonate with that. Same thing with your kids. Like, the advent that we're trying to do is more so for, like, Us. bigger kids, mm-hmm. adults. It's not for a four-year-old and a five-year-old or whatever. You know, like, little yeah. kids. So, you got to kind of teach them, like, yeah, God is peace. And maybe that's all you say to them. <laughs> like, God's peace. You know, we're right. going to ask God to give us peace. But... And for us, for that week, it's really given us a breakdown of why God is peace, you know? Right. I don't know, but I just feel like it's kind of hard. The advent that we try to do really sometimes is is not um, specific to that age range. That's true. That's true. But I guess the good thing we can get out of it is that we teach them how to be disciplined Mm -hmm. and really learning and being intentional with getting to know God for their age. Um, and that's one thing that we came up with in the in in this podcast episode that we wanted to talk about obedience. Mm, yeah, because it's something it's something so small yet it's something so hard to do, but it's something that can bring us so much freedom and knowledge of God. But the the big question was like, why obey and and how does that how does that really enhance our walk with God but how can even disobedience really break down our walk with God and um and so we were really just meditating on that um during that time as we're teaching our kids too because we're able to see ourselves as we raise our kids like how disobedient they are but how obedience can create a good environment a peaceful environment for them when they actually do what we ask them to do and they won't have to experience some kind of discipline um so that they are able to do something right for themselves. But also, too, for ourselves. Like, <clears throat> I think about... Because what I want to try to do with Lucas is... I want to build family traditions. He's little. Oh, yes. You know, I feel like when I was younger, we didn't really have a lot of family traditions. Specifically well, no around... Yeah, especially around Christmas. Like, it was never really about, hey, Christmas is about Jesus and who he is and what he did for us, right? Um so now that I have Lucas, I'm like, he's now starting to be at that age where I can start to build mm-hmm. traditions. And how do I, how do I, um, do that incorporating yeah. Jesus? Um, but it helps with not just for him now, but for him in the future for when mm-hmm. he has his kids, he's going to know like Christmas is about Jesus. And I'm going to also start to do this with my family. And right. part of that is being obedient to who God and what God wants from us because the world says Christmas is about having gifts and it's a holiday, but it's not, you right. know? Um, and I think we can be obedient and using Christmas as an opportunity. As an opportunity. Yeah. Because I mean, like it's not even, it wasn't even, didn't even take place during that time. Mm-hmm. It's just that season where we can be intentional and in knowing, um, knowing his word and teaching it to our kids and I think one thing that you said about just building that in Lucas is because as I see it, you're raising a you're raising a boy, right? And that boy is going to turn into a man. Mm-hmm. And that man is going to become a leader in the home. And he's going to lead an entire family. And there's going to be this responsibility on his back rather than me just having girls, you know, teaching them to respect their husbands. And I'm, there's times I don't do a good job in that. And so just knowing how 
our obedience to God is reflected on our kids yeah. too. And how they can see when we're being disobedient and when we are being obedient, but they can also see the results that come from it. Because my kids get to see the worst of me more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. They can see the times where I'm living just so angry and so impatient, so quick-tempered. They're able to see that, but then they're also able to see like the parts of me that are so joyful. So, you know, worshiping, praising the Lord and just having a day full of joy and, and loving other people. They're, they get to see when I love people. There was a lady at church that needed, needed some um, encouragement and some counseling. And I was there in the little connection center. So Ellie was, you know, Ellie was able to see, see me talk to this lady. And this lady, you know, she was hurting and I was able to pour into her. And in that moment, she saw me pour into the lady and just hug her and embrace her and embrace this lady. And then so when we got home, you know, she was going, Ellie had a whole fit. And then at the end, I was, you know, I, I was in my, in my emotions. And so then we got, we sat together and we talked through it a little bit. And I gave her a hug and I told her I loved her. And she was like, oh, just like just like you did to that lady at church. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh my gosh, my kid was watching me, like watching me talk to this lady. And she's like, oh, just like that, just what I needed is what that lady needed from me. I'm like, yeah, she needed to be hugged, Ellie. She, and then so in that moment, I felt like, oh, my kids are watching me too. Mm -hmm. When I am being obedient and when I am filling myself up with the word of God, rather than when I'm not, they get to see the rawness of it. Yeah. And so... Sometimes I want to get rid of these issues, but in that, even in that is blessing because God can show them what it looks like to walk with him and not walk with him. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think that's, that's so good because I, you know, we've all, we've all known that. I, 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 I've heard it. I've seen it. I've learned it at school. Like your kids are watching you. You learn it at church, right? Mm -hmm. Your kids are watching you and you're the prime example of who you who you want them to be right right um well you're n n not necessarily you you want them to be who you are but they will turn out to be who you are what, based on your actions um and one of the things that I'm kind of struggling with with Lucas is that he sometimes doesn't want to pray I'm like Lucas mm -hmm. let's pray and he's like no I don't want to pray and I'm like oh yes that's silly too <laughs> I'm like we have to pray like we have to thank God for yeah. you know and um and sometimes I wonder I'm like where is he getting this from and I'm just like well he has to see me like he has to see me doing that and I thought back to my childhood and I'm like you know if I would have seen my parents pray and teaching us to pray like I wouldn't struggle so much with prayer today right if I would have been raised that way Mm -hmm. And so now it's my job for, for, for Lucas to see me in that, yeah. for him to see it. Like my mom prays, my mom looks for the Lord whenever she's having a hard day or she's having a good day, you know, like teaching him those things. So, and it's not to say that he's not going to struggle with prayer because that right. still happens, but it's going to be a lot easier for him to struggle and not want to pray whenever his parents haven't been a good example of that. Right. You know, right. so anyways, just going back to kids not wanting to. And that's true how the fruits of uh, of our actions really take on generational weight uh, because I can, only, I can see what I do and I can see how it, it immediately affects my family at the moment. But I'm not aware a lot of times how it affects 
the generations that come after mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And so having that mindset that's saying, you know what, whatever you do today is going to have a generational weight. It gives you a higher responsibility to do things, but it also it also reveals your insufficiency to be able to do all things. So in that, it also reveals your need for Christ, you know? Yeah. And it's that constant constant awareness of Jesus. And so there's there's a scripture that I hold on to a lot because um, in my walk with God and in everything, you know, there's, you know, we're all, we always talk about eternal life and I'm like, oh, I always think, oh, eternal life is when we get, you know, when we get to heaven and there's all these clouds up there and then like, Jesus is in his throne and God is there and then there'll be no more tears. So everything is perfect. Everything's perfect. And cause that's how Ellie thinks of heaven. She thinks that heaven is up there in the clouds. And I used to think like that all the time. Right. But then John John in the book of John it's Jesus says this in one of his prayers it says this is eternal life that they may know you the one true God and Jesus Christ who you have sent getting to know God is eternal life mm-hmm. and it starts today why and I meditated a lot on that scripture and it's like well because it's going to take an eternity to get to know an eternal God mm. I'm not going to be able to know God today in fullness based on the limitations of one book mm. it takes an eternity to get to know him and he just reveals himself to us and there was a message that i was talking about he's like that god is more eager to reveal his will to us than we are to seek it mm. and yeah, that is so good because i want to seek his will but how eager am i to seek it how eager am i to know him i think he's more eager to know me yeah because he pursues me on a daily basis and he he reveals to me of himself and his word I don't even write a book for my kids to know me like my but God wrote an entire lifespan of books so that we may know him and so he's done so much and rescued us and saved us and so what would be an appropriate response to God's love for me and and, and to God's grace in my life and how he just didn't come to be born but if, if you really meditate on that being born in the flesh, it's like the weakness of a baby. It's like so outstanding that it, the baby is so weak that he can't do anything on his own. Mm-hmm. He can't feed himself. He can't change himself. He can't even think for himself. Like this baby is a baby so fragile. And to think he was born that way and then was raised all the way so that he may die for us. Mm. So that he, he despised himself of his godliness so that we may be able to live in him and so just meditating on those truths and how god continually pursues us what does he ask of me as i get to know him and so i think uh, we were talking about that earlier that that biblical obedience is a response to what to god's love and what christ has done for us so I used to always think that obedience was something I needed to do for God, mm-hmm. like work, following rules, mm-hmm. a rule book, a rule book, or work works right. And so the the better the better I was, the more behaved I was, the more obedient, the more obedient, the better person that I was. Oh, I was obedient today. <laughs> I did all the things. I did all the things. Oh yes, you know. And and man, it's crazy because during that time when I was like that, I was living in like. What is that sin called where you live with your spouse when you're not even married? You're um you're oh, living together. You're um um I don't know fornication. Yeah, yeah, I think it's something yeah. like that, right? Anyway, it's a sin. We know that. And so, in the time when I came to Christ, I was living with my now husband, and we weren't married. 
and we were we, we were engaged and we were gonna get married but we weren't and that didn't take away the fact that I was living in sin mm -hmm. and I had no idea I was living in sin like I didn't even know that that was wrong I just knew sex before marriage was wrong and I knew like not being married was wrong but I was living in legit fornication and I didn't even know it but God was like you know what but I had stopped drinking stopped smoking stopped doing drugs and stopped doing all those things so I was like oh I'm good enough yeah right I'm being obedient I'm being obedient like I'm going to I, you know, I'm going to Bible study every Friday I'm going to church I'm not you know hanging out with the wrong crowd I was I had a list of things that I needed to do and I was doing yet I was living in like full-blown sin and like I was blinded to that but God was like, no, it's because I didn't want any of those works. I wanted your heart, and mm -hmm. your heart was far from me. Mm -hmm. It says, you came near to me with your lips, but your heart was far from me. Yeah. And I always used to read that scripture toward other people. I'm like, no, they, they, they don't really love God because they just come to him with their lips, but their hearts, yet not even seeing my own, the, oh, my own condition of my heart, I came to God with my lips. Yeah. And my heart was far from him. So as, we, as I got to know God, you know, after a whole season of him rescuing me again and again and again and again. Because he does that, right? And continually to this day. <laughs> and to this day. It's like, as I got to know him, the more I wanted to be obedient. It was just a response for his love for me. And it, it didn't even... It's hard because we live in the flesh. But it was a desire for me now to be obedient to him. It came from my heart. It was a desire that came from my heart. Not a desire that came from my flesh to be a good and righteous person. Because that was called self-righteousness and self-sufficiency. Mm -hmm. Which I still battle that even now. But God, God has already kind of exposed those things, you know, where we're just like, man, I'm living in full-blown sin. And you know what? He won't even expose it all at once because... It's way too much. <laughs> He's like one step at a time. Yeah, I mean, because we're always going to be living in sin, whether always. we know it or not, because uh, we're not perfect. We're not Jesus. Yeah. I think the beauty with that is that Jesus doesn't, or God doesn't um, shame us. He doesn't. Man. He doesn't shame us. He gives us this abundant mercy and, and just love. Mm -hmm. um, because I think you said it like, when you live in such a way where you think obedience is following rules, you think when you don't follow the rules, at least that happened with me, when I wasn't following this rules or this checklist of things that I had to do or not do, um, I felt so guilty and I didn't feel like, it didn't feel like I was ever enough. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not enough because I didn't, I couldn't keep up with this today or I wasn't obedient today right. or I wasn't like, all of the things that God wants me to be. Mm -hmm. But that is, that, that's, a, that's what the, the devil wants you to feel like. Yeah, and I think that's our flesh With, that wants us to feel like that. Feel because that we've way. always been taught that way mm -hmm. as a kid. But, Your parents do good. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but with Jesus, even when we are obedient, we, we can be obedient and like you said, to some extent, even be living in sin and not even really know it, right? Because God doesn't expose all of our sins to us at once. He, he'll he expose one and he'll work with us in that one area and we'll, you know, work yeah. with him and we'll improve. And maybe that will no longer be an issue that we struggle with. But then here's yeah, another, here's another one. Yeah, here's yeah. another one. And so... He doesn't make us feel guilty or shameful of those things, though. So it's just like comparing of what true obedience is versus what we think it is. Mm -hmm. What we think it is brings us shame and guilt when we don't think it's enough. But what real obedience is just him 
showing his love for us and us obeying him because of who he is. Yeah, that's so true. It's like, it reminds me of that scripture in Romans 8, where it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. And then it, it starts describing the law of the spirit versus the law of the flesh. And and I, I didn't have a lot of understanding of that. And I still, you know, I'm still questioning a lot because I like to learn, but I really like to have a full understanding of what it looks like in my life. Mm-hmm. Not in anybody else's, but in mine. Like, what does that look like in my life? And so I was listening to this this. Um, this message on the Lord's prayer. And and he, you know, the guy mentioned, he's like, you know, in 38 years, I haven't seen a lot of improvement in my flesh. I still crave the things that I used to do. And I still, I'm like, oh my gosh. And that gave me a whole huge, like, you know, mind blowed, like knowledge, like, oh, that's so true because I still struggle with desiring the things of the flesh. And, and I asked myself, a lot of times where I try to fix my flesh, I'm like, oh, I try to fix my flesh. That, that's the thing that I struggle with because I want my flesh to be fixed. And as I was meditating on, the, uh, on scripture, I realized that the flesh can't be fixed. Mm. Um, you will never be able to fix the flesh. And if, G- if God could fix the flesh, then Jesus would not have hung it on that cross. Mm. He had to put it to death. And that's what he asks of us daily in John. And he says, if he who wants to be my, my disciple must, you know, um, carry your cross daily. Die to yourself. Carry your cross daily and follow me. And I'm like, oh, so that's what dying to self looks like. Dying to the desires that we have to sin. Dying to the flesh. But then he gives us a new way to live by the spirit. Because the spirit brings life. And... It took me to Galatians 5, and I'm going to read a couple scripture uh, on it, a couple of verses. It's Galatians 5, verses 16, all the way down to 26. But I'm going to skip over it just to give you a, you know, like an overall view of it. It says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh is what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. And it just brought new light to my day. If I walk by the Spirit, so now I have a choice. Now I have the Spirit living in me. I will not carry the desires of the flesh. That doesn't mean the flesh is not going to have those desires. It's just saying you're not going to carry them out. You're not going to act on them. Because you're going flesh... to recognize that mm-hmm. now, like, oh, I... I have control over this. Yeah. I can actually, through the Holy Spirit, I can actually choose yeah. not to seek that sinful, you know, craving. Right. And so it says, uh, verse 24, I'm going to go back to the other verses in between. Verse 24 says, now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And note that it says have crucified as in the past with its passions and desires. And so in that, I, I say it in the present because I'm crucifying the flesh every time I'm saying no to it. I'm putting it to death. And I think the more I, I ask God to teach me to live in the spirit, the easier it becomes to not follow the desires of my flesh because they're still going to be there. And that's why he says he's going to give us new bodies and he's going to, you know, we're going to be able to live a, away from this flesh. But this flesh right here, This is how you're going to know you're living in the flesh. The works of the flesh are obvious. This is verse 19. 
sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. Okay. So I struggle with a lot of these things, right? Well, these are the desires, right? These are the results of living in the flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And in that moment, I realized that there's a lot of times when I'm like, oh, God, take this. Um, I'm going to choose one out of here. Take this uh, outburst of anger um, away from me. I don't want to act like this, God. I, I don't want to get angry and I don't want to lash out. Take this away from me. And God is just saying, hey, you know what? This, this is a fruit of living in the flesh. You've been living in the flesh a little bit, a little bit long, you know? So this is what it's going to look like. And so now I have an awareness of when I do have outbursts of anger, when I do um, have an ambition or when I have a selfish ambition, um, I'm jealous or I, um, I want to drink or etc. whatever it is, because you can handpick out these, you know, these sins. Whenever I have a struggle in that or when I'm acting in that, that's just an obvious way to know how I've been living. Have I been living in the flesh or have I been living in the spirit? But if I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things I really want. Remember we read earlier, it says, spirit desires what's against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. Because I want in my desire, I want to have love in my heart for everybody. I want to have joy. I want to be have peace and patience for my kids, kindness for other people. I want to have goodness. I want to be faithful. I want to have gentleness, self-control, these things that I want. But when I'm living in the spirit, I'm not able to produce those fruits. Mm -hmm. And so it really gave me an awareness of God. And so my prayers changed now. God, don't take this away from me. No, I don't. I stopped praying that. Now what I pray is, Lord, teach me to live by your spirit and not by the flesh. Because I've been living in the flesh for 30 years now and counting. I've been living in my flesh, but now I have a new thing, which is this Holy Spirit. And so I need to learn to live with dependence on the Holy Spirit, acting on what the Holy Spirit desires. And there's going to be that struggle and that battle because it says in this, um, in the beginning of this verse, it says they're against each other. Mm -hmm. they're, they're in a fight. And so that's what there's always that, oh, you struggle to do good. You struggle for obedience. You struggle for a good. You struggle to live in the Spirit because your flesh is contrary to the Spirit. So there's always going to be that battle to do good. You know, and Paul says it. I say, I do what I don't want to do. And when I don't want to do, I do. <laughs> yeah. That's what I tell God. Like, God, I really want to be obedient to you. But I, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I always then, I always act in disobedience. You know, there's times where God shows up in the middle of my disobedience, you know. And he like, it makes me not do the whole disobedience, right? He but shows up right in the middle. But man, yeah. if he didn't show well, up, and I convicts probably... you. But then also you have a choice in that yeah. moment. Like you're choosing like. There's been so many times where I'm in this mood where yeah. I know I'm angry or I know I'm being in such a way and God will speak to me gently and so gracefully like, hey, you know, you know how you, you know better. Right? right. And I still yeah. choose. <laughs> That's I me, still though. choose to have this <laughs> negative approach or behavior. Yeah. You know? I, yeah, that, that happens to me a lot. And then I still choose to know I'm going to argue my way through this mm -hmm. instead of just God saying, you know what? It's all right. It, it, nothing ever has to be perfect for today. 
You just rely on me. And no, I still know. I fight my way through it, especially in my marriage or my, with my kids. Because you want to be right. I want to be right. And that's the, the evil desire that lives within me. That's me living in my flesh. And so whenever I want to be right and I argue, I have an outburst of anger because now it's like, you're going to make me be right. And so yeah. I get angry mm-hmm. instead of like. And that's yeah. the fruit that you're producing. That's the fruit. And so then I'm like, God, take this from me. But God's like, hey, hold on. I want you to walk by the spirit. I want to teach you to walk in a different way. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're going to produce good things. Mm-hmm. And so that that's one thing I think maybe in that. So we do discipline ourselves to read, to pray. Prayer is a very important thing in our lives because it's like we talk to God, but we also got to listen from God, mm-hmm. you know, we got to listen to God. And so prayer and reading is always a very big discipline that we have. And I know it's the biggest struggle to sit and read for a you know certain time of the day but it's the one that's going to bring bring you big results because then you get to know god mm-hmm. we get to know him and so that's eternal life getting to know him and then we're going to act based on what he wants because as we know him we know how much he loves us we know how much he cares for us he longs to, for us to know him we start knowing him his character and it's just going to be and like we were talking about earlier how it's much easier to be obedient to a God you know loves you. Yeah. Than somebody who you think, well, you're not really sure. You know, he may just punish you if you don't do the right thing. You know, when we don't know God, we think like that. Yeah. We think, oh, God, God's just going to discipline me when I do something wrong. Rather than God loves me so much that he doesn't want me to do something Right. Wrong. Well, and I think that's the reason why there's so many people that still struggle with going to church. Or saying, you know, like wanting to, to live a Christian faith based life because they have been wrong before they mm-hmm. have been they people they were work they were living a life through religion right and not through a relationship with christ and i think that's why it's hard for people to go back to that to go back and want to know who he truly is that's because so if they if they knew who he truly was they would recognize that he's a loving god you know um and it's kind of like what you said earlier like biblical obedience is being is obedience that is born out of love like you obey god because you love him and how can you love someone if you don't know them right you learn to know them by reading scripture by being in prayer um and that is the it's not just following rules it's not just following a rule book and that is how um we learn to obey and then that's how we we have freedom. That's so true. Because that's um, like what you had said right there was what brought me to First John 2 verse 3. It says, this is how we know that we know him. Okay, so sometimes we think we know God, but how do we know we know God, right? It's telling you right here, if we keep his commands. The one who says, I have come to know him and doesn't keep his commands is a liar. And the truth's not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. And so then I had put a note here from, I don't know, a couple years ago, maybe, or maybe last year. I have no idea. I have no idea. It says, when we have intimacy with God, we are one with him. These are results of intimacy with God. A healthy fruit comes from a healthy root. If these aren't being produced, then we need to check our root system. And so that was a big thing for me. As today, as we were talking about this and coming up with all this all this obedience and, and discipline, we, I was thinking that, like, man, there's times where I am disobedient. 
and I'm just looking to cut these fruits out. Like, what's my root system looks like? Are my roots healthy? And are they being nourished in the Word of God? Are they being watered? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, is there fertilizer there for for these roots to grow and to grow healthy? So if we we start looking at our root system, then the fruits are not something we need to worry about. But the the fruits will be what's produced mm-hmm. from the healthy root. And so just checking that up on ourselves. When it's like the verse um, where Jesus says, I am the, I am the, vine. the vine and you are the branch. Mm-hmm. And me. Yeah, he who remains in me will bear much fruit. And Apart from, from me, me, he can do nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's true. I want to just kind of clarify, though, because I know we've mentioned this a couple times. Um, yeah. Obedience is not rules. Even a lot of people think that's what Christianity is. Yeah. Like, oh, I, you guys, I can't do anything, or I can't do this, or I can't do that, or it's just like a buzzkill, you know, like being mm-hmm. a Christian is. Yeah. But that's not what that is, and that's not what we're talking about. No. Obedience, and in, in every, and not just, I think you can be obedient, and this applies to every aspect of your life, yeah. not just having a relationship with God. And I, I want to just throw that out there because I think that it's easy for people to think like, I'm going to be, they're talking about obedience and this is just being obedient to God, who God is and like following all the rules and all the, right. the law or the commandments, you know, um, but that's not what we're referring to. And that's right. not what this is referring to. Right. Because um, there's, a, there's a thing that, that really spoke to me when I was doing a Bible study on it. It says, uh, God is not a restrictive God. I'm like, what? I always used to think that back mm-hmm. then. God, you know, I'm not ready to stop drinking or I'm not ready to stop partying. I'm not ready to stop doing these things. So I'm not going to follow God because he's a restrictive God, right? I used to think like that, like that. But when my own disobedience came to bite me in the butt, I was like, oh, no, he's not a restrictive God. He's actually a protective God. Yeah. And that's what, um, that's what I learned from that experience, that God is a protective God. He knows where where our choices are going to lead. And so when he tells us to do something, he knows the results that are from it. You know, uh, it talks in Galatians 6, if you guys want to go read it. But it says that, you know, we can't fool God. We're going to reap what we sow. Mm -hmm. And so he's giving us instructions on how to reap good things. Right. Right. And so he's not restricting us from all areas where, you know, the fun is. We think like that. He's protecting us from the consequences of our of own those actions. Things, of what we think is fun. It's like, okay, well, it's fun to go out and party. It's fun to go out and drink. It's fun to sleep around. All of these things that people think like, well, if I become a Christian, then I can't do any of these things. Mm-hmm. But it's not, he's not doing it because he's, he doesn't, he doesn't um, say, I don't want you to do these things because I don't think you'll you'll enjoy it. He's saying like, hey, if you do these things in a healthy way, in a healthy way, or but in an an unhealthy way, if you go and drink, mm-hmm. you're not going to feel good the next morning. Right. You're going to be, you know, you can get in dangerous. Your mind is not going to be fully there. You're going to be, um, you know, drunk. You're going to feel like crap the next day mm-hmm. if you go and you. Um, sleep with a bunch of people you're not going to know what true love is you're not going to know what it is to wait until marriage to have that relationship with someone right you know so there's all of these things that people think like well that's what they're referring to obedience but no it's about 
knowing who God is so that he so that you can have a relationship with him but then recognize what it is that he wants for you in your life because that is so much better than what you can ever imagine for yourself without yeah, him that's true that's so true and I always used to think like man you know neither God doesn't restrict any of any of the fun I think um when we do it within his boundaries and within his will goodness is going to come from it we're going to really be able to enjoy those things you know enjoy our marriage enjoy our kids enjoy our life because we know that we're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. rather than living with such guilt and condemnation and just all these things and all these consequences that come from it because you know even when we're saved a lot of times god still won't take away the consequences from our sin a lot of pain that we experience it comes from our own consequences Mm -hmm. from doing things outside of god's will and i'm saying that like in my marriage you know where where we've had some struggles and there's been some issues and 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 you know we were together before we even came to christ so that so the choices that we made back then were choices based on our will you know not Mm -hmm. god's and so now we got to experience a lot of those consequences in our marriage in our daily life and i'm like gosh how would my life been different if I would have done things God's way, yeah. if I would have been obedient, if I would have waited until marriage, if I would have sought God, him first, and then he placed a perfect husband in my walk so I can grow more in him instead of kind of starting starting fresh and just starting as children, not knowing where to go. And, and there's there's so much blessing that comes from struggles, but there's also so much blessing that comes from obedience, you know? Yeah. You get to reap a lot of good harvests like Galatians 6 says, but so don't get tired of doing what is right. At the right time, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing if you don't get discouraged and give up. And we live in the world. We live in the flesh. We live in a, in a, in a sin-filled world. And so, yes, we're going to be surrounded by sin daily. There's a battle against us in the spirit. There's all these things against us. But you know what? God has given us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. So when we walk in the spirit, we will not gratify the desires of our flesh. And it's that simple, but it's that hard, mm. you know? Yeah. And uh, that's what I really wanted to wrap it up on because, yeah, it's not rule-keeping. It's just getting to know God. And you how know? do you do that, just to keep it practical? Like, how do you become obedient? Oh, yeah, I don't think it's something... It's an ongoing... I don't think I'm ever obedient. <laughs> in, in a daily basis, I think um, I have one expectation for myself, and then I still don't keep that one expectation yeah. for me. But I think mm-hmm. as as I've been growing and growing as a continual thing, um, one of the things that really, um, that really marks my walk now versus in the very beginning of my walk is prayer. Mm. How I used to do life without prayer and I can't look back and say how did I used to do that like there's a time of my of my you know years where I didn't drink any water I was just drinking soda and juice and I didn't drink water but then I began to you know eat healthier and like water was something I disliked I hated drinking water in the morning and I hated drinking it at night. I hated drinking water, period. I always wanted to throw up when I drank water. <laughs> and I know a lot of people feel that way because a lot of people tell me. But, you know, as the years went by, as the months went by, I got used to it. And it's like trying to hydrate myself with okay. soda. And it, you can't. Like, by the time you feel thirsty, your body's already 30% dehydrated. Or more. I don't remember. That's I think that's what I can remember. I can't I can't quote that on Google, okay? So just don't don't hold that against me. But I learned something like that, right? So that now I drink water. Now I can't see myself. How how do I do life without drinking water? I can't fathom that life. Cause I have such dependence on water, like you have no idea. And your body does without and my you body even does. 
your and your body has always been dependent on it. You just didn't realize. I it. just didn't realize it. Now every time I even mention the word water, I'm thirsty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, but your body needs water to survive. Now in my life, even if I don't eat anything, like water can sustain me for that day. Right. Right. But I need it. Like now I can eat all day, and if I don't drink water, like I will not walk outside. Well, and you also you stay hungry. Oh, you stay hungry. There's so much. It, it, illnesses and issues too like body wise that you, you get without drinking water but that's that's how my life looks like now with prayer mm. it used to be hard for me to sit down and pray to god and maybe i would do it at night and i'd fall asleep in the middle of my prayer i didn't depend on prayer for life like i do now because i didn't really believe that prayer was powerful so prayer is a very powerful thing because you're involving God. You're talking to God. You're getting to know God. And you're involving God in your day. And you're asking him to supply all your needs, but also like give you the strength for that day. And so you're recognizing that you are powerless to do that in your own efforts. So the moment that you come to prayer, you know that God is able to do what you are not able to do. And in our insufficiency, we're not able to do anything. It says, apart from me, you can, you can do, do nothing. nothing. Mm-hmm. So prayer is a big one. Uh, that's number one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like say three. Number one is prayer, and I I know whenever I don't pray, how my day goes. It's like so much crappier. Uh, number two is obviously the word God. It's like you can't live without food. The same way that you can't live without the word God. Like I can go a day without eating, and it's the hardest day I have because I'm constantly thinking about me being hungry, and so that's the same way it is with our spirit. But it's with our spirit. It's like the less you eat, the less hungry you are. With your flesh, the less you eat, the more hungry you are. But in the spirit, is different. So learning to recognize that, that spiritual hunger is a very important key. But don't let yourself go hungry. Gosh, just read the word, you know? He's going to bring it to remembrance when you need it the most. Well, and what's crazy is that those two things just in, in, in and of itself, like, they just fill you in such a way that nothing can fill mm-hmm. you up. Like, nothing of this world can fill you. Like, there's been so many times where I didn't pray and I didn't get in the Word. And then when I did, I'm just like, why did I stop doing this? Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, my God, this is just so amazing and God is just so good. Like, how did I allow myself to get away from that? That's so true. That is so true. Like, right now with the podcast, like, how did we go so long without doing a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels so good to, to get in the Word. And that's number two. And number three is putting it into practice. It's just living it out. Living your day with Jesus. Doing your daily day with Jesus. And whoever God puts in your path, whatever you have to do that day, you know you're doing it within the boundaries of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So because now you know God, you talk to God. Second, you're uh, listening to God by reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then third, you're doing life with Him. Like just do life with Him and all the other things are going to come naturally. The moments that I'm tempted... It's easier for me to say no to that temptation when I'm being filled by him. Right. But it's easier for me to fall in that temptation when I'm not praying and I'm not reading. Mm-hmm. It's not I'm not saying that I'm not self-controlled. It's saying it's just easier to yeah. just give in rather than to stay. Because then you get to rejoice in the word. So those three things are the practical things you can start with. But just knowing that reading and praying is not a checkoff list. It's a 
knowing someone. Mm-hmm. It's the way that you are in a relationship and you want to get to know this person that one day will become your spouse. You don't just go out and just like, hey, let's do life together. Like you, you don't even trust the person. So that's been built. Sometimes we just have trust issues with God. So how do we break that? Getting to know God. Mm-hmm. That's how you break any trust issues where you have a dependency. You're always talking to one another. You're getting to know each other. You're, and so when you hear somebody say something about God, that you've been talking to this God every day and that person doesn't know God, then you're, you, hey, that's not God. That's not the God I know. That's not the God I talk to every day. That's not the God that I, you know. So then you're able to recognize when something is of God and something when something isn't of God, aka his will. You're, you're going to be more sensitive to what he, his will is for your life right. rather than not knowing what, oh, which step do I take. And it's not that it gets easier. It's just that it's easier to recognize when it comes from God. And then you can just ask him like in prayer, like, hey, God, there's this issue. And I don't know if it comes from you. Yeah. But, hey, by your Holy Spirit, lead me to the right way. And he will. I might not do it the same day. And I'm not going to promise you it's a, oh, this is the exact result of this. But I'm just saying it's living a life with God. It's a constant like growing in him and like you actually choosing to want to do it because it's like you said having a relationship with someone like a friend like you don't go and hang out with somebody because you feel like you have to and if you did if that and and god's not like this god is so much merciful but if you did go to god only because you felt like you needed to like if I only came to you because I felt like you were forcing me, Ugh. you wouldn't want that friendship. No, I'm like, nah. but God does. God says, <laughs> yeah. I don't care how many, like, I don't care how you come to me. Just how do you come just to come to me? Um, but if he was, uh, uh, just an individual person living in this world, he would say, I don't want your friendship. Right. I don't want you coming to me because you think that you need to talk to me. He wants you to come with him because you desire that from him. But even if you don't, you come to him enough, and he's going to change your heart. Exactly. That is so true. You come to him enough, and he's going to change your heart. I need to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I think about that, and I'm like, I wouldn't want to be friends with somebody that doesn't want to hang out with me or talk to me. Because, you know, that's what he wants. He wants you to have that relationship so well that he, you talk to him as if it's somebody that you truly know. Like, right. you and I. You know, yeah. like, but essence in flesh just gonna be like Jenny if you don't want to have be my friend like you don't don't you don't have to you don't have to you know but God <laughs> I don't want to be your friend anyway God you says no I want mentality. you I want you in every aspect That's I don't so care true. if it's forceful or not yeah and let me work in you and you'll see what I can do oh, let me work in you and you'll see what I can do and then that's another one <laughs> <laughs> yes um and see what I, yeah that's so true that's so that's that's so true because um you will never know what God can do unless you allow him. And yeah. he's just so like that, right? Like, you think that I can't do this? Come to me. Give me a try. Hmm, give me I'm going to show you. And then you're not going to want to live without me. Exactly. And then you're going to really see that mm-hmm. I am. You know? Like, oh, yes. That's so, so good. good. Anyway. That's so good. After this podcast, I'm going to get in my word. <laughs> that is so true. But I'm hoping that we're, we're able to encourage you with this because we're not perfect beings. We were over here confessing all our junk <laughs> right before the podcast because we were like, oh, yeah, this is the junk I live with every day. But, but just getting to just share with you a little bit of what goes on in our day and how, how we're able to be honest and saying, hey, this is not easy, but there's so much goodness that comes from knowing God. 
And uh, that's what we want to get across in all our episodes and whatever we record, we want to get that across that there's nothing better than knowing God, whether it's in obedience and it's in parenting, whether it's in doing life or marriage, like it doesn't matter because in every area we get to know God a little better. And that's the most important thing because it's John 17, 3, 8. Once again, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ who you've sent. So if we can leave that with you today. Um, we're praying that you're able to have that intimate time with him. Even if it's just five, 10 minutes, just get in that presence of God and just get in prayer. Tell him your feelings. Tell him how you feel. Tell him your doubts, your fears, your your longings. Just open up to him and let him work in you. And, even uh, if you don't believe in him. Even if you don't believe, because I didn't believe in a lot of things. And uh, he didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't showed up in that moment. So um I'm just really getting in that relationship and that's uh if we can leave with that today that'll be the one thing we're gonna we want to get across with you all right well um jenny do you want to close out in prayer i sure will I'm letting, letting god know how good this went <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna pray for everybody and then um and hope to see you guys again after today Thank you, Father God, Lord, for this time that you allowed me and Pamela to just sit around and and just talk about our day and talk about how we've been um, walking with you in a day-to-day basis, our our struggles, our our shortcomings, and how you just show up in in any of it and just teach us more about you. We pray for that for every person that is listening to us today. We pray that their day may be filled with your presence, that they will have the strength to walk in the spirit and not by the flesh. And just like I prayed for for myself, I pray for everybody that you will teach them to walk in the spirit because it's not something that comes natural from our flesh, God. You know, our flesh really can't be fixed. And so we pray for that. We pray that you would teach us to walk faith-filled, spirit-filled lives that please you in all our ways. All this we thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we want to thank you guys again for joining us. It feels so good to be back. And um, we just hope that um, you guys were encouraged by this, um, that you guys are reminded that um, God is so good and that even if you haven't been obedient and even if you have not been living um, in the spirit, it's okay because every day we have another chance to do that. Um, And we're so grateful to God for that. So thank you guys for joining us and we hope to see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.